Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Healthy Choices series, that's what I was looking for. We're in a Healthy Choices series. This is message, I believe, number nine, potentially number 10. But today, I'm going to give you the title right out the bat. Today is Make the Choice or Choose to Live a Blessed Life. Where somebody may say, you know what? How in the world do you choose to be blessed? Like, isn't blessing, you know what I mean? Is that really something that you can control? Isn't, you know, just for instance, like you just blessed us this morning with the, with the wonderful things that you've said about Tina and myself. And I just passed that along also um, because we could not even come close to doing what we do with every single leader in this place. But this is what I want you to know is that you have blessed us without me knowing. And so can we really choose to live blessed? And I'm telling you this, that you sure can. You can choose to live a blessed life. Before I go any further, I want to say a big shout out and a thank you to our men's breakfast, which took place Saturday morning, yesterday morning. There was something just very special to me about this men's breakfast above and beyond all the other men's breakfasts. Same people were there, um, but, but it was just special. And then I come home and Tina's sharing with me what a wonderful time. See, men lead, women follow, right? No, no. Let me just say it again. Men lead, women follow. And they had a wonderful men's, or women, not a, God, please. God, please don't let them ever have a men's breakfast. But they had a wonderful, wonderful woman's breakfast yesterday. And Tina said the turnout was incredible. Guys, can I just tell you this? that These type of things are so important. Relationships matter. Friendships are important. So continue to go. But I want to give a big shout out. Back to choose to live the blessed life. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3. It's going to be on my screen. Write it down so you can read it later. Genesis 12, 3. This is the New King James Version. It's a promise to Abraham. His name was Abram before it was Abraham. It was given to him when his name was Abram. But it was also speaking um, uh, and talking to Israel. This is what the word of the Lord says. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And in you... All of the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so I want you to know, I'm going right to the heart of the matter. I want you to know that when a person or a church or a people group choose to bless Israel, I want you to know that it leads to supernatural blessing. Somebody say it leads to supernatural blessing. See, the promise, this promise that I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you is actually... Come on, Israel's foreign policy statement, or if it's not, it should be. Um, I can tell you this, that right now, 
and I'm giving you a whole lot before the fact, but there are countries that want to wipe, wipe Israel off of the map. Iran is one of those countries. Like if they had the ability, I believe that they would do whatever they could to just remove Israel from the planet. They don't believe that they're a nation. They don't believe that, that that land is their land. Let me tell you this, study it out, it is, and they are. And I can also say this, that I would warn Iran against doing so because this is what the word of the Lord says. It says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. It's a promise. So Abram or Abraham was told to divide five different animals and he was, he was making an agreement which is called a covenant with God himself. And Abraham divided these five animals, three of the animals in half, two of them he left whole because they were, they were so small. But the idea of a covenant back in the day, like if you were doing an agreement, coming into a, an agreement with something, the idea is that both of you agree to your terms of the condition. You lock arms or grab hands and you walk in between those animals that have been divided. And the idea is this, that if you break your side of the covenant, your, your side of the promise, then the very thing that has happened to those animals is going to happen to you. And so Abram, he divided these animals and he's, he's making a covenant with God. But this is the interesting thing is while Abram was sleeping, God walked through those animals and he says, listen, I am making a promise to you and your people that those who bless you, I will bless and those who curse you, I will curse. God made the promise himself. And I'm telling you this, that this promise, this covenant is for every church and every family and every nation that stands, I believe, with Israel today. So we see signs of this throughout the Bible. So many signs. I only took some of the signs. We see one of the signs that God blessed Laban, which was a Gentile. Somebody say Gentile. Look to your neighbor. Every person that you see in here is a Gentile, unless, of course, we have some Jewish folks in the church that I'm not familiar with. But Laban was a Gentile, and because he hired a Jew by the name of Jacob, this is found in Genesis 30, come on, Laban was blessed. In fact, Laban continued to prosper from day one that he hired Jacob on. He prospered, and every time he prospered, he would, he would not give Jacob an increase in wages, but he would take a little bit of the wages from him. This happened 10 different times until Jacob said this. He said, listen, I'm finished. I'm fed up. You can, you can find somebody else to do the work that I've been doing for you. And in Genesis chapter 30 and verse 27, this is what the Gentile Laban said about Jacob. He's saying, please stay. If I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned, listen now, that God has blessed me because of you. And at the end of the story, if you fast forward, Jacob showed up with nothing more than a stick in his hand and he left a very wealthy, wealthy man. Why? Because 
because God was blessing Jacob, of course, and, and Laban prospered because he, because he brought a Jew to, you know, into, into his camp to run things, and then God was able to also bless Jacob. And so this is another situation. Fast forward, we've got Joseph. While he is in Egypt, there was a pharaoh that, that took a liking to, to Joseph. He, he, he was able to see the spirit of excellence that was, that was in Joseph. And Joseph, act, or the Pharaoh actually blessed Joseph and his family by giving them the rich land of Goshen. This is found in Genesis chapter 47. I'm giving you, the Bible says, the rich land of Goshen. Why did Pharaoh bless Joseph? Because Joseph was able to interpret his dreams. You see, Pharaoh had a, had a dream and it had to do with sheaves of wheat and, and, and cows. And so, and so one of the parts of the dream was is that, that there were seven very, very healthy cows, fat cows, if you will. And then they were followed by seven very skinny, thin cows. And so Joseph because he had a direct connection with God, God gave him the ability to, to, uh, to, to give understanding to this prophetic dream. And he told Pharaoh, he said, listen, we're going to have some of the best years ahead of us, the seven best years that we've ever had. Man, there is going to be an abundance of provision. There's going to be more than enough, more than enough. But he said, this is the warning. The warning is this, that it's going to be followed by seven years of famine. And so Joseph not only was able to interpret the dream, but Joseph was given insider information as to how to handle this predicament that was coming in the near future. And so you know what Pharaoh did? Pharaoh said, listen, I'm putting you in charge of all of Egypt's economy. And I'm telling you this because of the hand of God and the wisdom of God. Was on Joseph. Not only did they save, did Joseph first handedly by God save the nation of Egypt, but all of the surrounding nations as well. Powerful, right? And so listen to this during a time of famine, Pharaoh prospered when everybody else was coming up short and they were having to, to sell everything that they had on the cheap. Pharaoh prospered. Why did Pharaoh prosper? Because he had a Jew. He had Joseph that was in charge of things. So, so Pharaoh would actually sell food for a good amount of money, and then he would take the profits and he would continue to buy land in the surrounding areas. Why? Because he blessed what God was blessing. Anytime that you bless what it is that God is blessing, I'm telling you what, you're going the right direction. But guess what? Fast forward some years, there was a new Pharaoh that rose up. And this Pharaoh didn't like Joseph, and he didn't like the Jews. And in fact, the Jews were growing at such a rampant rate that he began to, to, to drown. Pharaoh gave an instruction to drown the Hebrew children in the Nile River. Fast forward just a little bit. What does the Bible say? I will curse those who curse you. Fast forward just a little bit. 
Pharaoh drowned the Hebrew children, the Israelite children, in the Nile River. Fast forward. Come on, what did God do to Pharaoh and and one of the greatest armies on the planet at that time when they were crossing the Red Sea? The same thing happened to them. I am telling you that the prophetic word is powerful and it is right and it is true. The greatest army on the planet was destroyed in a day, in a moment's time. All right? Why? Because Pharaoh chose, the second Pharaoh chose to curse what God said was blessed. And so there's a side note that I just want to give a little rabbit trail here real quick. Like if you're the person that is just sitting on the sidelines waiting and this is your conversation, man, I wonder what God wants me to do. Man, I wonder what God wants me to do. Man, where should I go? What should I? And so all the while, you're just waiting. You're just waiting until, until God gives this in grandiose instruction on what it is that you're supposed to do. Let me give you some information. Stop waiting and just figure out what it is that God is blessing and be a part of that team. Get on board and start making contributions to what God is already blessing. And you're surrounded by what God is blessing in this very community. Amen? All right. You, you fast forward. You got the Babylonian Empire. These were powerful and, and wealthy people. And because King Nebuchadnezzar was arrogant, God humbled him for seven years he, 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 he literally stole Nebuchadnezzar's mind. This man, this great king went insane and crawled around like an animal eating grass for seven years. And then his mind was restored. Fast forward, his son Belshazzar, you know what I mean? He blasphemed God. He used the very things that were used to worship God for his own personal pleasure. And then this is where we see where, where he's... You know, they're drinking wine and having a good time and whatnot. And then all of a the sudden they see a hand appear out of nowhere. I call it the handwriting on the wall. And, and, and basically what Belshazzar is told is that your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. Right? Why? Because he, he desecrated the vessels of worship. And, and then you've got the Roman Empire going forward, conquering the, the, you know, the, the known world. I mean, powerful, powerful army. And then they did their portion of the participation of crucifying Jesus. How strong are they today? They fell. Come on, can you see a trend happening over and over and over again? I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. The Spanish Inquisition, I believe it was the 16th century, one of the most powerful countries in all of Europe. How powerful and how great are they today? You look at Great Britain. How great is Great Britain today? Why? Because they killed 33 to 40,000 Jews and Muslims because they were trying to control them from going back, come on, to their traditions. And, their, and so they, they slaughtered them. And I'm telling you, you've got, once again, a, 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 
a, a large country that's making big differences. And, and it's like, how in the world are they ever going to fall? They come against the Jews and they're not that way anymore. The Nazi empire, Hitler killed 6 million Jews in and through the Holocaust. Hitler and his regime, all of his people, most of, well, all of them are, are occupying graves today while the nation of Israel is still strong. Can you see what it is that God is doing, that his promise is true back then and his promise is true today? Luke 7, we've got the Roman centurion, a very popular story that, that has a servant that is sick Right. And so he sends Jews, which is interesting, like this shows you that this Roman centurion is upright and he is well loved in this community because he sends Jewish leaders to go and they were excited about it, about it. Jewish leaders didn't think highly of Roman soldiers during this time. And so so these Jewish leaders come to Jesus and they say, hey, listen, this Roman centurion has a servant that is sick. And, and this is what the Jewish leader said. We think that you should go and heal this guy's servant. And let me tell you why we think this. These are Jews telling Jesus, which is a Jew. This man, this Roman centurion, loves our nation. Read it in your Bible. He loves our nation, and oh, by the way, a little BTW, he built the synagogue. He built our synagogue. And so Jesus, because of the Roman centurion's faith and his love for the people, he prayed a prayer, and by the time they had gotten back, come on, that, that, that servant was healed. Can we give the Lord a good hand clap there? So... I want you to realize that the Jews are the ones that gave us the word of God. Certainly every page in your Bible, potentially one, was scribed by a Jew under the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 11 and verse 18, New Testament, Testament scripture, New Testament warning. It says, listen, don't boast against the branches you know why it says don't boast against the branches? Because those of us that are under a new covenant, come on, this wonderful covenant in this wonderful relationship with Jesus can become boastful. But he says don't become boastful. And then it says then if you do boast, remember that you're not the one that supports the roots the roots is the very thing that supports you. And I want you to know and ask the question, who is your root? Jesus is your root. Jesus was a Jew. The patriarchs are the The law was the root, right? We've got all of this history that is Jewish history. And, be, and, and, and there was an open door for the Gentiles. But I'm telling you what, that Jesus has not forgotten about the Jews. In fact, the Bible says that if we've been grafted into the tree and we're foreign plants, we're like weeds that have been grafted into the tree, how much easier is it going to be for the Jews to be regrafted into the same tree, the same trunk that they were removed from in the first place? I encourage you, this is your homework session, read all of Romans 11. And God is going to show you some incredible, powerful things. The 12 disciples were Jewish. The apostle Paul was Jewish. Out of the 27 books in the New Testament, 
Some would argue he read or he wrote uh, under the Holy Spirit 13 of them. Others would argue that he wrote 14, but he wrote the majority of them. Amen. John chapter 4 says this, that salvation is on the Jews. Why is that? Because Mary was Jewish. Joseph was Jewish. They had Jesus, which, which God was his father, but Jesus was Jewish, right? We've got the blood of Jesus, which is the blood of God that was shed on the cross, but it was Jewish blood. Right? We have Jesus. We have everything. Come on, if you are thankful for what it is that God has done for you, like if you are like in worship this morning, if you're just like, man, you know what? I don't deserve the good things God has done. Can we just give God just a praise break just for a little bit? Like, like I am so thankful, Lord. I'm so thankful for your forgiveness. God, I'm so thankful for your mercy. I'm so thankful that you entrusted me and my family with this call that you placed on our life. I'm so thankful that we get a chance to do worship and work alongside of other people that are so thankful as well. Amen. And I'm just saying this. Please don't take your salvation lightly. God loves you. Don't, don't, don't take his power lightly. He can do anything and everything for you, in you, and through you. Amen. God is a good God. Amen. I'm so grateful for that. So we have Jesus. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. This is written to the Gentiles. So I'm flipping the script real quick, right? We've been talking about the Jews, but this was written to Gentiles. First Peter 2, 9. He says this, but you, and he's talking to us, right? You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness, right? We were, we were in complete darkness, but God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And verse 10 shows us that he's talking to us Gentiles who once were not a people, but now are the people of God who had obtained mercy but now, who, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Here's another one. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. For you are all sons of God. Somebody say, thank you for that. But you're only a son of God as you have faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Just like I'm wearing this coat, this jacket. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's, male, there's not male or female. For you are all one in Jesus Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham. Listen, if you're Christ, then he ties us to the Abrahamic prom promise. If you are Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. You see how he does that? So Christ brings all of this together. But I want you to realize that the Jews, come on, Israel has a promise, and that promise is that they can easily be grafted back into the vine that we are now connected to. And I want to say this also because I just got to hit this real quick. Like, I'm just going to be honest, man. Nobody taught me the importance really of of, of, of Israel and, and the Jews. In fact, I have gone through a myriad of different, of different thoughts. 
You know, I was thinking, first of all, reading the Old Testament by myself, doing it all by myself, right? Working through some stuff. I'm thinking, these knuckleheads, how in the world could God, they receive the blessing of God, but then, but then turn their back away from God and then receive, repent and receive the blessing of God and turn their back. Receive the blessing of God and then turn their back. Do you know what? My own life mirrors this. Like my own life mirrors this. How can I one day be basking in the presence and the power of God only the next day to come up short in a big way? You understand what I'm saying? And so, and so I always thought like there's, there's two camps. Like, like there are, there's a belief system out there. They believe that the Jews have some special arrangement and that all of them are just automatically saved. And I'm telling you this, I don't believe that. There's only one way to the Father, and that is through the Son, Jesus Christ. And I believe this, I believe this, that God is going to show himself in short order, and there is going to be a mass coming back together, come on, of the Jewish people. Easily will, will the Jews be grafted back into the very plant that they belonged to in the first place. Right? Right. Few of us <laughs> pray for me, man. And then, and, then, and then there's this thought that there's nothing. There are people that think that the church has replaced the Jews. And it's just not that way either. You know what I'm saying? Like God's got a plan for them, just like he's got a plan for all of humanity. And, um, and I'm just saying this, that we need to be a church. Like we haven't done things we haven't spent much time on this, and that's fixing the change. But we need to be the church that's just as interested in the Jewish people today as we are being interested in the Jewish people that wrote our Bible. And that, and that you understand what I'm saying? And so, and so that's going to be exciting to see what God, what God does. There was a story of a man that was planting a church in a neighboring town. And, um, and, and, and he thought, man, I'm just going to go and... And just start meeting people. And so they started meeting in a home. And the Lord just kind of impressed on his heart. Like, listen, you got a little bit of money. Not much money. But go and take an offering to the, to the rabbi. Total different belief system. You know, not a Jew for Jesus. But he said, take an offering to the rabbi and just give it to him. And this man says that, he says, listen, that same week, there was another Christian pastor that was retiring and actually came up to him, welcomed him into the, into the town that they were in. And he said, hey, listen, this, this building is almost paid for. It's not totally paid for. It's almost paid for. But here are the keys. It's right on Main Street. And we just want to bless what it is that you're doing. And this guy connects that blessing of giving that offering to that rabbi to receiving this church building that was almost paid for. Why? Because I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Isaiah 66, 8, I ain't got much time, but it's a prophetic word. It says this, who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Has a nation ever been born in a single day? Has a country ever come up in a mere moment. See, that had never happened in history, but guess what? It happened in 1948. In one day, the nation of Israel was born and birthed 
into, into existence. And I'm saying this, what's cool about that is, is it's still our generation. Like there are some of you here that are still alive and well. Come on, this has happened in your lifetime. You, are, you, are, you remember when that took place. And I'm just saying this, that this is a sign, my friends, of Jesus coming back for his church. And we need to be about his business. This was written 3,000 years ago, close to 3,000 years ago, this prophetic word was written. And in our day, we have had people experience it happen. Will a nation, Joe, be born in a day? You'd never seen it before, but it's happened now in 1948. And I believe it was May, May, May 14th of 1948. But, um, but Jesus is coming back for his church, and this is exciting. It's not fearful. I remember I was raised in a church. It's like, oh, no, man, I hope Jesus doesn't come back today because I'm not going to be ready for him today. Do you know how glorious it's going to be? Amen. Do you know how glorious it's going to be when he returns for his bride? But this is the deal. Like, I wonder if there's anybody here that's not ready. Because this is, I want to be honest with you. Now, if you've been checking in and checking out because you're like, listen, these people really don't affect me. Like, this affects you. I want you to know this, my friend. And this is why I'm sharing it with you. That Jesus is coming back soon. And so we can talk a lot about how glorious that's going to be. But let me tell you, it's not going to be glorious for people that don't know if they're saved and they've been denying the continuous hand of God that has been reaching for them. The continuous hand. Why do I say continuous? Because if you're here today and you're not saved, I'm going out on a limb here, right? But I'm going out on a limb like multiple times in your life. Somebody, maybe even a stranger at some point, has told you how much you are loved by Jesus and how he wants to forgive you of your sins and walk in relationship with you. And I'm just telling you this right now, like, and I'm going to ask you, like, if you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you do this so easily. You say it by, by believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and confessing with your mouth the same. Amen? And you ask him to forgive you of your sins. And do you know what? When you do that, I'm telling you what, that's the beginning of the relationship. But you are covered by the blood of Christ. Like, listen, that means that all of the nonsense, all of the sin, and some of you are really good at sinning and others, you know, you're pretty good at it, but... But, but you didn't have to have as much forgiven as that other guy across the room. But I'm telling you, at the moment that you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do you know what the Bible says, Penny? That I will never bring those sins up against you again. Why? Because they're forgiven and they're forgotten. Forgiven and forgotten. And so listen, before I close this down, I need to know just real quick, we handle business here. It does, we don't have to have special music going on in the background, but I need to know like right now, if you don't know if you're saved and you need to know you're saved because I'm telling you, the time is coming quick. Jesus loves you. He's coming back for his church but if you don't know if you're saved, I need you right now just to raise your hand in the air if you want to give your heart to Jesus. Is there anybody here right now that needs to take care of this business before we go any further? 
I'm going to pause for a second because it's so important. Is there anybody that needs to receive Jesus, the blood of Jesus? Man, God bless you guys. Is there anybody else that needs to receive the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus for your sins right here, right now, today? Anybody? Anybody? Right here. Awesome. Right here. Awesome. Man, praise the Lord. Right here. Thank you, ma'am. Is there anybody else? Right here? Was there somebody right here? No? Anybody else? This is the most important thing we're going to do all day is right here. And can I just tell you, raising your hands, raising your hands back here, the Bible says honestly that all heaven rejoices and celebrates when one person, one person, and we just had five or six just right now, when one person repents of their sins and asks Jesus to come into their life and to do life with them. This is significant, not something small. This is like the biggest thing that could ever happen. It's more important, listen, than your marriage. It's more important even than the children that you have. And how many of you will say that's pretty important, right? There is nothing more important than receiving Jesus Christ. And so I just want to celebrate with you. I want to celebrate, celebrate with you. And this is the thing. Now, listen, those of you that raise your hand, we're going to close at the end of this with a prayer. And I want you to be thinking about how you can make that prayer. It's a simple prayer. But I want you to be thinking about how you can make that prayer your own. So in closing this, in closing today, how do we walk in the blessings of God? Yeah, Matt, this is what I want to do different. I want, can our team come up right now? Okay, guys, and you might have to stick around just for a second, but just bear with me. We're doing something different, okay? How do we walk in the blessings of God? First of all, find out what God is blessing and get on board with it. Get off the bench and into the court. How many of you know that God has first called us to Rupert, Idaho, to Burley, Idaho, to this great magic valley? Like this is our, this is our Israel, right? And so we're called here first. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of wonderful things that our church and many other churches are doing in this community. And you have to find your place, get in the court, on, off the bench and into the court and start doing what it is that God is blessing. But we're also called to pray and we're called to reach. How many of you know a few years back we made the decision to go on one, at least one, and it's turned into two some years, at least one international trip. And then we've got Samaritan Purse where, where we're going out and rebuilding homes. I think, I, think we've, I think this year maybe we had four teams or we will have had four teams by the time that this is done. But going out and being the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ, right? And there's a whole lot going on here, right here in Rupert. I, I, don't, I don't want you, you know, if you're wondering what we're doing, I'd be more than happy to go down a list. But it's not just a few things. It's many things that we're doing. And so all of these things are important. And the, Israel needs Jesus Christ. And Israel, like our responsibility is to stand with, you know, Stand with anybody and share with anybody that Jesus has a better way. But I want to apologize. Like, personally, it's not even been on my radar. Like, I've been thankful and, and whatnot. But I really believe 
that God is prompting us to do more specifically in Israel, not forgetting about every other place that we're sowing seed and doing great works. But in addition to that, like, listen, do you know this, that we can pray if we can't do anything else, we can make Israel a part and Jerusalem a part of of our of our prayer life. And then guess what? Like, like I, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know this, that, and I think it's going to happen like every three years, but we're going to start taking teams over there. And it's more expensive than anything else that we do. But I personally have never been. And can I just tell you this? Like, we can, like love is more than the words. Don't check out on me yet. I see some of you fading. I'll come on the floor. Love is more than the words that we speak. Love is found in what we do. And so if we say that something is important, then our actions should support what it is that we say, right? And so, and so I don't know how all this is going to come. I can tell you this. I've made several phone calls and sent out text messages to people that are connected to what's happening in Israel. Like, I want to know what God's already blessing. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. But I want to know what God's blessing and then say, listen, Rupert Idaho is now a part of this too. You know what I'm saying? And then when we get in country and boots on the ground and things like that, then maybe God will make godly connections and then we'll know personally additional things that we're supposed to, supposed to do. But this is what I want you to know. And, and Matthew, you, you and Tina have to hold me accountable to this, okay? You guys are the, are the calendar and the planners and, and things like that. Javi and I were like, well, you're pretty big, you're pretty detailed in stuff too, Davina, okay. So this is the deal. I feel like towards the end of this year, beginning of this next year, we're gonna have one night. Susan, mark this down, please. We're gonna have a night where we come together. I don't know what all is gonna be involved, but we'll have a dinner. We're gonna pray for Israel as a church, right? And we're gonna raise finances for Israel. And by then we'll know where those finances are going to go. But all we're gonna do is we're gonna sow a, a blessing into, and we're gonna pray for them that they would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal savior, amen. And, um, and then we're gonna go from there. But this is the deal is, is we're making a commitment to stand with them. It is important, folks, listen, it's important who we're connected to. And I, and I feel so ashamed. I really personally feel ashamed that, that that's not been more of a priority of, of mine. And, and I'm, I'm working through all that, amen? But I, but I do know this, that God loves those people just like he loves everybody, and we need to be praying for them. How many of you know that that like I said, man, they're under constant threat, but I, this is what I can tell you, and I'm not gonna go into this, but I think that the United States has been blessed largely in part because we've always stood with them. That's shifting and it's changing. Like there, 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 is, a, there is a concerned effort, you know what I mean, to, to, to get off of that. There are people that think that's just ridiculous. And I'm just telling you that, 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 that I feel bad for any nation that, that, that is, is wanting to destroy them because they're going against 
come on the promise of God that was given thousands of years ago. And, um, and so Obadiah, I'm going to draw this together here real quick. Obadiah 115, this is a minor prophet in the Old Testament. He said this, and it's the shortest book in the Old Testament, but powerful stuff. Read it if you haven't read it. I hadn't read it in a long time, but it says this, and this is the NLT, the day is near when I, the Lord, will judge all godless nations. As you have done to Israel, so it will be done to you. And your evil deeds will fall back on your own heads. Now listen, this was actually written to a place called Edom, the Edomites, right? Which come from the descendants of Esau. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you that, 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 that we need to just, we need to stand with Israel is what I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. And so in your personal prayer time, in all of that, please don't forget, don't forget Israel. And listen, you don't have to go out and figure out what you need to do by yourself because there's going to be opportunities for us to do it collectively as a church, okay? Let's move together in this, okay? So this is what I want to do is I want our worship team to come up and then after that we'll do the, we'll do the offering and, and things like that. But listen, as the worship team is starting this song, I'm asking you, please don't rush out of here. And, and then we're going to take, Matt, we're taking a special offering today. I'm going to give that to you. Operation Christmas Child, to ship these boxes, that offering is taking place to, today. And I'm asking you to go above and beyond what you thought you were going to, you were going to give. We need to ship these boxes. This is a huge part of, of us advancing the gospel beyond the Magic Valley area. It goes to all corners of the earth. And I'm asking you to give this morning in a big way. Take your tithe, give your tithe, put special offering, and you can give the special offering online. It's under special offering. Every dime is going to go there. But listen, guys, I'm asking you to be generous today. Be very generous in this. And then for those, listen, that gave your heart, you want to give your heart to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to do something for me real quick because we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not ashamed of the decisions that we make, but I want you to stand to your feet with me. Those that, that said, listen, I want to give Jesus my life today. Right here, I want you to please stand to your feet. Everybody that did that, not everybody's standing to their feet. All right, perfect. Is there anybody else? Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. Now, listen, I want everybody else to stand to your feet now. Let's celebrate this one more time. Let's celebrate people giving their heart to Jesus. Online, we celebrate with you online. This is the prayer. I want you to repeat the prayer in your own words to the Lord. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I ask you to come into my life and forgive me of every single one of them. I also pray, Lord, that I just wouldn't receive your forgiveness, but I pray that the spirit of the living God would live inside of me. My life is no longer my own, but my life belongs to you. And, and while that might be a struggle, God, I pray that you help me to live my life for you. For this moment, I declare that I am yours. Lead me, guide me, and direct me. I want to live a life that is honorable to you and a life that matters. Fill me with your purpose and lead me by your spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray. And the whole house said, 
Amen and amen. Let's worship the Lord. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.